actually diving in. And it does sound like she's she's dove in, dove. She's dived. She's dove. She <laughs> she she's done that um, a few times. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend. When your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore, so let's have it. Welcome back, Rachel Axelrod. We are so happy to have you. You listeners might remember Rachel from such episodes as How Not to Fake Your Orgasm. (laughs) In fact, that's the only episode. But you'll be hearing from Rachel a lot more because so many people love that episode. She's wonderful. And then after two episodes ago when I did a question and answer with Allie Stark, wellness coach, um, I decided to do another one because I didn't get to nearly all of the questions and I thought who else would be great to answer some questions with me so I don't get bored of my own voice. The only other voice I love more than mine, Rachel Axelrod. She's here, ladies and gentlemen. Well, she's really in her home and I'm in my home and I wish I could hug her, but we'll do that in a few days. We will. We have busy schedules. We're busy women. We had to do this remotely. Listen. Listen. It's what we had to do. Um, All of that said, if you have a question for me or us in the future, either one of us, you can email notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com and you can message notyourtherapistpodcast on Instagram. Okay. I think I did all my necessary introductions. I'm going to have to pause a lot during this just to look at Rachel's face. I wish you all, I wish this was a video medium. I mean, it's a little unfair that I get to see this and you don't. You're hilarious. You're hilarious. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Everyone, Rachel is now a mom, so like she's basically qualified to answer any and all questions. (laughs) (laughs) And her daughter is shaping up to be a model just like she is. Uh, Well, I think especially with what your podcast centers around, anyone can... Talk about anything. You're the queen bee, Miss Fiance. Well, if anyone can make anything sound sexual, you're the queen bee. I feel Did like I'm having phone sex. What? Yeah. Yes. How? Because everything you say sounds sexual. Oh. It's true. Okay, you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> now, I have not read these before. Okay. So hopefully they'll make sense. Okay, let's go to this first one. I apologize, person. This was from two weeks ago, but hopefully it wasn't urgent. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Hi, question. Should you be all honest with a guy at first when y'all are dating with your past? She didn't say anything more than that, so we're going to have to guess what she means by her past. What do you think, Rachel? Or should you be honest with your past when you're dating? Like, how honest and when should you be honest? I get a lot of those, like, when should I unpack this or that? When should I tell them? Actually, I got an interesting question recently related to this where the girl has a severe allergy to cats and dogs, and she doesn't know when she should disclose because for some people that's a real deal breaker like she really can't have them so she was like should I put it on my profile and I was like I don't think we need to present any more barriers I think you should go on the date wait for them to fall in love with you and then reveal when it's too late and you'll have to figure it out you'll figure it out what do you think about that I know you love cats and dogs (laughs) (laughs) so generally generally what you tell people essentially is let them get to know you because that's that that is going to how they would have reacted initially could very well be very different 
once they get to know you and once there's some sort of bond or chemistry, if, if, if there is at all. Correct. I would agree. I would agree with that. I have been on dates in the past where things just came out right out of the gate. On your end or on their end? On their end. Uh-huh. And, or, or even, and I'll, t- I'll, I'll take it to a weirder place, even uh, not, not romantic dates, like just, I'm sure we all can relate to the person that we just met that overshares. Yeah. It's like, you know, maybe I could have accepted all of this had I known you a little bit more. Now you just kind of sound a little like uh, a little too, uh, like you said, the barriers. And also perhaps not knowing boundaries. Right. I always get a little, because I'm like a generally social, feel comfortable around people person. But when I'm in a new situation, I almost consciously don't act too comfortable. You know what I mean? Like I get weirded out when someone is too comfortable too quickly with me. Like when they act like my best friend, literally the first day they know me, there are exceptions from time to time where two people just click. But most of the time I'm like, you being so kind of on with me and right away ready to be my best friend, first of all, it makes me feel not that special because you probably do it with everybody. And two, it just doesn't feel earned. Like, why are you telling me all this? What kind of, then like, if I tell you my secrets, are you going to go tell them to everybody you meet right away? You know what I mean? Like, there's just a, there's a lack of judgment, I think, when someone is just spilling everything right away. Right. And I will say that I think it also depends on what we're talking about here. Sure. Whether it comes right out of the gate. So do we know the the person's name who asked you that question? It's an Instagram person. I'm not going to identify them. Just Okay. So I, I was just going to say her name. But, um, <laughs> you know, to make it more personal. Right, sure. Call her, yeah, let's call her, let's call her Cece for fun. Why it's not her name. You, no, I know it's not her name, but what made you think of Cece? Eh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if Cece had asked in her question something more specific, we probably have a, a more specific answer. So for instance, if you're, if you're um, in AA, if mm. you're someone who's sober, I'm pretty confident that that should come out immediately. Cause I, I think otherwise you're just setting yourself up for, for uh, situations that maybe you're ready for, but um, I think those situations are dictating the conversation versus you being the person in the driver's seat. That's fair. I think that's a good one. Because I was going to say, is there anything you can think of where, yes, that should come out right away? You're saying when it's something that's going to affect kind of your ability to be comfortable. Like if you're a sober person, you don't want to be in a situation where you're constantly having to pretend that you're okay with going to a bar if you're not okay with going to a bar or being around drinking if you're not okay some some sober people are but some are not so you're saying if it pertains to your own comfort level then you should probably come clean with it right away yeah or if it even pertains with your own lifestyle Mm -hmm. you know like if you're someone who is severely religious Mm, religion i would say yeah there's there's certain protocols that that need to be accepted on a day-to-day like if you're orthodox or what have you and you keep kosher or whatnot or if you need to be at church every sunday i think that's something that also needs to be known because i think it has to do with more with um something very concrete in your lifestyle so even if you are that that sober alcoholic who who um 
who's perfectly comfortable and fine and very secure in, in hanging out at bars, but they're not, they're not going to drink. Um, you might want to let someone know right out of the gate because socially, especially in the beginning of a relationship, that's a lot of what dates entail. Right. And, uh, most of us don't like drinking alone when we're out socially. Mm-hmm, true. But do you think these are things that should go on a dating app or do you think they should wait at least until the two people are in person together? Oh, yeah. I definitely think the latter. What do you, uh, what do you think? I think mostly, I would say religion to me is probably the only one that if it's real, real important to you, it should probably be on your profile. Because like, to me, that's not something that it's going to be like, we can compromise and work around that. Like that is a real deal breaker for people. And if you know that about yourself, I would say that's worth putting out there right away, unless you're just trying to get a make out, which I always respect. Um, But if it's something that you cannot negotiate, then you can put it up front so you don't waste yours or anyone else's time. Although, you know, I believe no date is a waste of time. But in that sense, if, if that's what you're looking for, I think, you know, with with a little more like it almost sounds like this person is asking history about dating life, maybe like sharing your past. Like if it's like I've cheated on my last three boyfriends or I was married before or I still live with my ex, even though we're broken up. Or how do you feel about people disclosing relationship stuff on a date? How soon, if at all, should that come out? I think unless it's for entertainment purposes or playful purposes, there's no need for it to come out. I mean, I certainly don't want to hear about people's love of their lives. I don't want to hear about relationships that gone so badly they have a terrible taste in their mouth. I don't need to know how many people you slept with right out of the gate. No, no. So um, unless it's something playful like, oh, my God, I was dating this guy and, you know, he had a fascination with hair dryers. He collects (laughs) hair dryers and he just always had to like... (gasps) hair dry my hair and this is by the way this is a terrible terrible don't break up with that guy Um, is what i'm saying (laughs) you'll always have a hair dryer nearby (laughs) it's great you know but so if so if it's something fun and light and silly and and if you and if you ever are i would say maybe a good rule of thumb is if you're ever curious if you should tell someone right away just think what 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 helps them by knowing this right right right. and if you're answering that question in your head with a lot of well maybe and you keep pausing and you're going back and forth it's probably a clear indicator that you don't need to tell them right now and i would say if it's something that is on the tip of your tongue because you just went through it and it's so raw that's a great time to go to therapy and maybe not jump into dating right away. Like if you're just like, I cannot be in a romantic situation without addressing what I just went through, then you probably need to take a little break and deal with that. Talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to your therapist before you can go and really kind of separate that. Because obviously everyone has a history, everyone has baggage, except I always tell Matt he's never dated or loved anyone ever before me, never kissed, nothing, it's amazing. Um, But... Most people, you don't need to discuss that stuff unless, like you're saying, unless also if it's something to me like really, really relevant, like maybe a few months into dating, if you're like, I have trust issues. And just so you know that where they're coming from, this is something I went through in my last relationship and I'm still hurting from it a little bit. So if we can just be a little conscious of my feelings and my trust issues, you're not allowed to hold on to that forever. You're not allowed to use that as excuse forever. But if it's like relatively new or you're working through it, as long as you're honest about that 
But I would say again, like to me, sharing too much too soon is a sign of a lack of judgment. And you just want to, there are just more interesting things to talk about, I think. When it's like family related or other stuff in your life, you can be an open book. But I think relationship stuff, no one really wants to hear that. And I always say, even if it's funny, for the most part, I think that kind of friend zones the other person on the first date. They shouldn't talk about the hairdryer guy. Well, maybe the hairdryer guy. <laughs> <laughs> but some people love to like find this common ground and commiserate about like online dating. I mean like, oh, what's it been like for you? Oh, me too. Oh, it's horrible. And it's like, then you've just become two girlfriends gabbing about online dating, but there's no room for sexuality or romance there. We don't need to know that. We don't need to think of you that way. Keep that to yourself. Save that for your friends. And on your date, enjoy your date and talk about other things. Yeah. And remember, is this is this person that's sitting across from you, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, or is this someone that's on date number two with you? Right. And then you kind of play equalizer with that. Right. And I love what you said about asking yourself, what is going to come out of, or how? what is the benefit of telling them this? What am I trying to get from telling them this? Love it. Okay. Do you think we did that one justice? I feel terribly justified. Okay, great. If she, uh, you know has follow-ups she can always yeah, let, ask us let's cc let us know yeah let us know cc okay ready yeah next um <clears throat> okay well this is just a compliment to me but how about i read it anyway she <laughs> says <laughs> but maybe there's a question in here somewhere she says hi i recently started listening to this podcast and i absolutely love it my dating love life is a complete shit show but this show has helped so much thanks to you i finally downloaded the apps not sure if i'm doing them right though please don't ever stop making episodes thanks dolly oh that's wonderful that's really nice i just like that you're doing but i love what she said which is well first of all she says her dating slash love life is a complete shit show I'm just going to say, I just think people have the wrong idea. Like if your life, your dating life is a shit show, you're doing it right. You should be. Shouldn't it be? At least through your 20s. Your 20s are a shit show. Your 20s should be a shit show. Yeah. But I have like another person I'm working with who's like, I just keep trying to get better. I don't know why I can't figure it out. And I'm like, because there is no figuring it out. And because finding a person is only one part you're doing the rest is them timing chemistry magic the moon the stars and all you can do is just keep putting yourself in the absolute best position for everything to align but you don't as much as I encourage taking on what you can do differently it's also okay to be like I'm doing great I'm just learning as I go and you're going to take one step forward and 12 steps back every time that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong it means you're doing it Right. The only way you can do it wrong is if you don't do anything. And if you sit at home. Thank you. Way to go. Because some people, you know, they just sit at home and they're like, I just don't want to deal with it. That's doing it wrong. You have to deal with it. It's never going to happen. The other thing she said is that she's not sure if she's doing the apps right. Again, I don't think you can do them wrong if you're doing them. Except, no, that's a lie. Obviously, I think, did you ever do the apps? Mm, they weren't apps. They were websites. Websites. Did you ever do the websites? <laughs> I did online dating. Yeah. How was it for you? It was. It was fun. It was fun. No match, but it was fun. I had a lot of fun. 
I can see that because you're an adventurer and you like learning about people. Yeah, I like people. Yeah, you like people. I think the problem is too that we've gotten so insulated with our phones and with sitting at home that we've forgotten how to like people just for being people. And we're like, I don't like you unless you're my future husband. And it's like, no, you can like people for other reasons than that. I didn't, it would have been a great bonus if this was going to be something where there was a spark and it would, it would have been a great bonus to even leave there with a budding friendship. But honestly, I'm just like, I, as long as I have an enjoyable time for the next two or three hours, I'm fine. Right. If I learn something new, if they teach me a fact, you know what I mean? Okay. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Whoa, this is a long one. Are you ready? First, she gives me a bunch of compliments. All right. I mean, if you want to share them, I I mean, I don't because this is a very long one. This one's actually about Josiah and how, um, did you, you didn't hear the Josiah one, but how, you know, we really dug into what was going on. Okay, she says, short background. I dated the nice guy, tried to friend zone him because I was ambivalent about my attraction and was utterly heartbroken as he chose the person who chose him wholeheartedly. It was the best lesson I've learned in love thus far. What does that mean? What is she saying? I think she didn't want him and then she got jealous when he bore <sighs> and she felt rejected when he I get it. Else, you can't, she- you gotta love what's there. This is why I always say you got to give the nice guy a chance. Don't be like, there's no drama here. I'm not interested. But I think hers is a little different in the sense that if I'm understanding what she wrote, that she didn't like him. And all it was just a good old fashioned case of I don't want to be rejected. And now I'm jealous. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it didn't sound like it sounded like she just wanted to be his friend. Yeah. I guess you can't force it, can you? No. Sometimes I want people to just fake it a little more till they make it. What What do you think happens if they do that? Um, I think sometimes people jump to a conclusion too quickly that they're not interested in someone because they don't feel that usual spark, so they call it, when really that spark is just like the same feeling they've associated over and over again with how they feel when they like someone. And I think when you actually find the right person for you, it often feels different than what you're used to. And that's why that person turns out to be different. It's because it doesn't feel like the millions of people you dated, it feels different. And so at first you're like, no, I don't think this is it. And I just want people to push on that a little bit. Mm, Yeah, I can see that. Um, I feel like we talked about this, but did you kind of knew right away with your husband, Jay, right? I did. Yeah. You're different, I, though, because you have like a strong sense of conviction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're, you're, I don't deserve that compliment. Yes. Uh, I, you no, no. You're one of the most convicted people I know. What? Yeah, you always know what you want and who you are. I broke down in therapy today because I was like, when am I going to be one of these adults who knows what they want and who they are? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's you. Well, You're listen, one of those. Listen, when it, when it came to my husband, it was, it was simply because we both made each other laugh. And I thought, he was, I thought he was very handsome. And that apparently is all I need. I mean, that's pretty much good enough for me. Yeah. But also, I just want to add a little disclaimer to that because I get a lot of people being like just want someone who makes me laugh and I'm like actually that that can take a while that's not always immediate Mm -hmm. because a lot of times laughter comes from like shared experiences and knowing each other really well and so I just want to say that you were like in an improv workshop with him um 
It was a stand-up workshop. Sorry. So your point. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Like you were kind of set up. So, do you laugh? <laughs> yeah. More of the story. Everyone do a stand-up workshop. No, do not in LA. You will no, don't, don't do that no, in LA. You'll Please deeply, don't, no. deeply regret it. Okay. Let's do that push. in like Des Moines. Do in Des Moines. But you did it in New York and it worked out for you. New York's very different than LA, I think. To explain, go on, please tell about dating. I want to hear. I want to hear what you think. I haven't dated in LA, so I, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I'm off. If I'm if I, if I'm off key, it's coming. It's coming more from a place of in New York. There is and and maybe more so now because they're filming more in New York. Mm. But in New York, while I was there as of six years ago, it was very much a town where people want to be talented and sure maybe somewhere in there they want to be famous and they want to be rich but they really want to be good at what they do and i think in los angeles and i i don't blame people for crucifying me for saying this i think it's about people wanting to be famous so when you go to these certain classes it's not it doesn't feel as supportive it doesn't feel as much camaraderie it there's a lot of instead of just being able to ride the wave and learn and open yourself up, it's a lot of guardedness and insecurities and self-consciousness. So that's why I say do it in Des Moines because I feel like in Los Angeles, it's, and, I, and I hope I'm not deterring people because it's just my opinion. In Los Angeles, it's just, it's a very, very heavily industry town. And I think, uh, I think that can have a um, an influence on communities. I would so, agree with that. I also yeah. think there's a big element of this like get rich quick or like try this class, see if that makes me famous. Now try this class, see if that makes me famous. Like right. rather than I'm going to stick with this thing because I'm passionate about it and I love it. And that's not to say that no one does that. Right. But I do think in New York, it's more of a like my craft because like no one yeah. in New York is making money off of this. So we were all kind of like, this is for my craft and I accept that I'll starve forever. And in LA, we're very aware that you can make money at this. So people are just trying to find the fastest route to that. And yeah. I wonder... And I'm usually the person that's like, I don't believe that dating is like particularly hard in any given place. I actually do believe that it is. But I try and find the good and be like, you can meet someone anywhere if you decide to do it with the right attitude. But I wonder if that's a little bit um, bleeds into dating in LA where it's like this quick, if it doesn't work quick, I don't have time for it. I want the thing that I'm seeing on Instagram and I want to get it or I'm not investing any more of my time in it. I'm a busy woman. I don't have time for this. Whereas maybe in New York, there was a little more of that or maybe in other places, a little more of that. Like I'm willing to investigate. I'm willing to like take a little time and get to know this interesting person instead of like, okay, what are you going to do for me? Are you going to be my husband? If not, I got to join a different class. You know what I mean? And, and I want to add on to what you just said. I challenge any of your listeners to do this. And it has to be done over a weekend or any consecutive time where they're not working. Because the idea is not to have the distraction of working mm -hmm. um, or many distractions. I challenge, um, and I'm saying this because of your comment just now about Instagram and how they want it, right? I challenge any of your listeners who just kind of feel chaos within themselves because they can't just ground themselves and their minds go in a mile a minute having 
opinions and thoughts and 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 fears for 72 hours to not go on any social media and at the end of the 72 hours i i wonder how differently they're going to feel because i think what social media does is it's a highlight reel and it's a very dangerous one and it creates these false scripts in our head of what life could be I think we all need to remember that even these celebrities are doing are doing themselves a disservice because clearly they need to be part of that highlight reel. But I think to your point, social media is is a very, very um, it's a very, very big wall that people don't realize they're they're creating within themselves, mm. because like you said, they they create this pressure and this heaviness of, of the, their expectation when they're on a date. Like, I, I'm going to know within 20 minutes whether or not right. we're getting married. Right. And it's ridiculous. Yes. And things don't follow that script, you know, uh, and, and, if, and if you need them to, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment again and again and again. And that doesn't mean you're going to end up with someone who's completely different than, than what you think you're compatible with. But it does mean that if you're going to be closed-minded, if you're going to put so much pressure on simply having a coffee with another human being, then you're probably, and I say this with peace and love, you're probably a bigger part of the problem than you realize. Yes. Whenever I hear someone say, well, I don't want to waste my time. Oh, wow. I just try to say the only way you can waste your time is by being worried about wasting time. Like by not being present for whatever happens and being concerned about is this worth it or not, that's the only waste of time there could be. Because I refuse to believe that an hour, hour and a half spent with another human being, learning about them, getting to know them as a person, not like do I want to date you or not, that cannot be a waste of time. Like some of the best dates I had, I never saw them again. But I had a great time just getting to know this like weirdo or like me being a weirdo or as I always talk about getting a makeout in with someone I never saw. Like there's so there's so many jewels to uncover if you just can be there to get to know the person and not for the potential result of this person and what they can give you, you know? Right. And I think the social media thing is huge because people just see these Instagram relationships or is there's so many also like memes and gifs and whatever about what love should feel like of like love me at my worst and you can't whatever you know like those kind of like those powerful strong what that are just ultimately just creating this false idea of what things are going to feel different for everyone and they're going to look different for everyone and it's really not about the pictures you put out there or the pictures other people put out there and comparing yourself to them. I try, I mean, I don't know if I've ever, I've taken 72 hours off. I always fast off of social media for the high holidays instead of food because I can't live without food. Um, but social media, I think is actually important to live without. But I will also just make it, because I Uber a lot, as we know, because I can't drive. But I'm learning. I'm trying. I have my second lesson tomorrow. Um, and when I'll be in the car in the Uber... I have the temptation of like scroll, 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 click, click, click. And I'll just be like, why don't you just look out the window? And I'll like see neighborhoods I've never seen before. And stores and people and shops and, you know, 
it's just so much more peaceful. It just yeah. like allows me some peace in my brain. Yes. I feel so much better when I just put it down. I go, I walk my dog very, very early in the morning, like six, six thirty. And I have an instinct to um, uh, read the news or something. Just look down at my phone. And here I am surrounded by beautiful trees mm -hmm. with the morning air. It's totally quiet because so many people are still sleeping. And I, I put my phone back in my pocket and I'm just, I just leave myself alone. And the best is, and I, and I, and I, I'm a very judgmental person. I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> um, so I, I, I judge people all the time, but I, listen, I'm, I'm fun at parties, but I'll be in the elevator with people and they can't leave themselves alone. And they're going to the third freaking the third floor, Dahlia, the third floor. How long are you in the elevator for the, you and can't, they can't go to the third floor without looking at their phone and it's something it's might happen. And I'm, I'm very concerned about what's going to happen to our necks and our thumbs in 50 years. Oh, I know. I think, well, I think we're going to lose the ability to write because we don't need to write. And our thumbs are just going to get more and more agile. And the rest of our fingers are going to turn into like little mittens with Velcro on them. So we can't oh, drop our phones. Let's make that a cartoon. <laughs> I know. That sounds beautiful. But to bring this back to dating, I would say, because um, Rachel and I could philosophize about life all night long. Um, yeah. But I would say, similarly, when you're on a date, leave yourself alone. Stop thinking four years ahead, am I going to get the pear-shaped diamond? Like, you know, stop thinking, how will this person look on my social media? Or is he going to call me, text me tomorrow? Is he, are my friends going to like him? Like all that kind of thinking ahead, 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 and the constant jibber-jabber in your mind. And instead, notice the trees. And by trees, I mean his eyes. Like notice, you know, the smell, zero in on like, What's in front of you? And I, I say this also to my clients a lot who are who get a little like, um, you know, self-conscious or want people to like them. I'm like, if you're getting in your head and you're you're spinning out like that, take the attention off of you and put it on the other person and start to see what you can notice about them that you didn't notice before, whether it's the way they talk, who they remind you of, you know, what exact color their eyes are or mannerisms that you can connect to someone else you like or whatever it is to take the voices out of your head similar to like being on your phone and in yourself and look out the window look at the person in front of you and just enjoy it that's my lecture I like it I agree that's why well I like done. you I can't believe you wake up at 6 30 in the morning and I have you doing this at 10 o'clock at night I'm no no I'm all good I'm sorry I actually wake up at 5.45. What the F? How much do you sleep? Uh, last night, my daughter uh, woke up. This does not happen. She sleeps through the night, but she woke up in the middle of the night, and you'll appreciate this, Dahlia, cracking up. <laughs> I, I woke up to her laughter, and I look over, and I'm like, what are you doing? And she looks at me, and she's on her belly, and she lifts her head up, and she turns her head, and she looks at me, and she's like, <laughs> 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 and this went on for an hour. Settle. <gasps> And she would then start cracking up. Oh, my God. Go cracking up. And I'm like, is she going mad? Is there something going on here? And um, and while it's it's really delightful to look back on it, while I was in the middle of it, I didn't find it funny whatsoever. No, but now it's amazing. I wish I had been there. Cracking up. Are we ready for a lengthy email? Yeah. Okay, here we go. 
Ahem. Hello, Dahlia. I've listened to every episode of your podcast and your observations are extremely insightful. I swear I did not plant this. I'm really just here to stroke my own ego. Okay. It hadn't occurred to me to contact you before now because to be completely upfront, I can't afford to hire your services right now. Sure, it makes sense. However, at the end of the last podcast, you encouraged listeners to email you, so I decided to do it to give it a shot in the hopes that you might be kind enough to give me some of your time and advice. I'm a 44-year-old white Australian woman living in New York with dating challenges. To begin with, I'm only attracted to black men, which narrows my pool of options, and men who are a match on a general socio-cultural level narrows the pool even more dramatically. Interesting. I ended an eight-year relationship on my 40th birthday and have had shorter relationships since, along with long periods of dating casually or not dating at all. Since I turned 40, an inexplicable shift has occurred. Now I only seem to attract men either 10 years younger than me or men who are extremely handsome, stylish, and charismatic. I don't see a problem here. (laughs) What's the problem? The ex-model slash DJ slash man about town type. Poor me, I know. Neither of which were the case in the past. It was fun for a while, but I believe I'd be better suited to a more intellectual, less suave man who is closer to my own age, and I never meet men like this in real life, let alone get to date them. The few times, and to be fair, it's been so few that it may not be reasonable to draw any conclusions from such a small sample, I attracted a professional intellectual man in his 40s. I either didn't get asked on a second date, online matches, or didn't even get asked on a first, an in-real-life meeting where the man asked for my number but never followed up. I'm forced to conclude that the type of men I want aren't physically attracted to me because in my own humble opinion, I'm an excellent conversationalist. To be clear, some of the dashing young men were total fuckboys, but others were really wonderful people whom women their own age would be thrilled to date. Do you have any advice for me? I'm afraid you'll say online dating, I just can't, or going where the types of men I want to, I want go since I'm clearly going to the wrong places but I have no idea where that is. I need help. I don't want children and marriage isn't important to me, so I'm not looking to rush a serious relationship, but I would like to head in that direction with someone who's a good fit. I also cannot fathom what the hot young men see in me that the older, more scholarly, less classically handsome men don't. I don't think I fit any of the older woman archetypes which would rule out the kind of man I want or rule in the ones I don't want. The whole phenomenon is baffling to me, and I have no clue what I'm doing to cause any of this. Thanks so much. Your wisdom would be much appreciated. Hit that up, Dahlia. What do you say to that? I was going to ask you, what do you say to that? I I say, why does 44 have to be an older woman? Ooh, I like it. I agree. Why is she? I I feel feel like 2019 where people are having babies in their mid-40s, not that I encourage that because it makes things all the harder, but... Uh, why all right i think it's this it's a beautifully written letter she's very bright very bright excellent conversationalist um has thought a lot about this but i think she's like pinning herself into a corner with the whole she actually sent me this email with no subject and then sent it again with the subject older woman archetype She's really into these archetypes. It reminds me of when I was younger, not to like patronize or anything, but when I was younger, I read a lot, a lot of books growing up. My family, big book family, which I think was great. But I think the disservice it did me was it made me like very into the idea of creating these stories out of my own life. And while that led me to a lot of interesting adventures and decisions, it kind of 
could at times box me in a little bit. Like I would have trouble making decisions because I would think of those passages in books where it would be like, and this was the moment when she made the decision that would change the course of her life forever. And, you know, I would like do that in my own head. And that's not super helpful when you're trying to decide what kind of deodorant you're going to buy. But so it seems a little to me like this woman is kind of going, why am I single? And then she's like drawing all of these conclusions and creating all of these stories around what's happening. Do you agree? Yeah. And what do you think is happening? I mean, what she seems to think is happening is like she attracts these hot younger men, but they're not right for her. She can't attract the older, more normal men. She simply cannot do online dating. She doesn't know where to meet the older, more normal men. And for whatever reason, they're not into her and she doesn't know why. She doesn't think she's your typical whatever kind of woman it is that attracts the hot younger men. So what do I think is really happening? This is a tough one, I got to say, because if you refuse to do online dating in this day and age, you're pretty much cutting out at least 60% of your possibilities, you know? So I would say, first of all, even if you haven't had great experiences with it before, try a different app and try my spaghetti at the wall technique. Don't get to, I think she's also overthinking before she, because she's so intellectual and she wants to kind of characterize everything. She probably goes on the app and is like, this is this kind of person. This is that kind of person. And I think an app would actually be a great place for her to find people way outside of her normal who she meets and who's attracted to her. And it would take challenging herself to make good on what she's saying and not just go for the hot young men, but also go for the hot older men or less hot older men or whatever. So I think a big part of it, she's going to, if she really does want to meet someone and 44 is by no means old, uh, she's going to have to open up her mind about the apps a little bit. It doesn't have to be torture. If you've listened to every episode of this podcast, you know that it doesn't have to be torture and that it can be fun, but it has to be in a much more kind of free-flowing way as if you were in a bar with all of these people and not as if this was like your personal select-a-match place, you know? Like it's not for that. It's for getting exposed to people you aren't normally exposed to. That's right. So I would say first, get over that if what you claim is you really want to meet people. Other than that, like there are a lot of great places, I think in New York, especially to meet kind of middle of the road men. One would be a stand-up workshop. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> you call my husband middle of the road? No, no, no. Your husband's one of the hot ones, but no, uh, that would be a great place, don't you think? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, when I talk about online dating mm. to, to people who have trouble meeting people on by online dating what i tell them to do and i know i'm right Mm. um (laughs) (laughs) what i tell them to do they understandably uh reject well understand and i and i understandably reject because especially in new york city i think it's 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 very ironic because i think it's hard to meet people even though it's every day is friday it's the adult never never land you're surrounded by 8 million people on any given day or hour, but it can be very hard to meet people. It can be the loneliest place on earth. Um, so when people ha- have trouble finding people online dating, I tell them, stop looking in your own backyard. Mm. The future Mr. So-and-so could be um, running his own wire- winery in Napa Valley. Interesting. You know, and 
because I knew when I was online dating, because I didn't, I didn't have all this. I wanted to meet someone and I wanted to meet my great love and I didn't, but I, like I said before, I had so much fun. Um, I, because there was no pressure, I looked, I was talking to men all across the country and it just so happens I had taken a trip out to San Francisco and I met up with one of the guys and he actually was in Napa Valley and we had an amazing day drinking wine and that's all that it was. But my, my point is, is, is you're, I understand the convenience and the satisfaction uh, and the physicality of being able to be with someone. I'm sorry, I'm blinded by a rock. Um, oh. <laughs> Dahlia and I are looking at each other through a, a <laughs> we're, we're doing a Zoom meeting and you know, she recently is engaged and it's a beautiful ring. Um, but I, 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 so I understand the convenience and, and all the pluses and the needs that go with having someone within proximity. But if you're, if you've been at this for a while and you keep coming up empty and you're, you have analyzed all the other things that could be going wrong, your attitude, self-sabotage, whatever, or even if you haven't explored that, I'm simply suggesting, why not open it up? Who cares? Like what, what, what's the worst that can happen? Nothing. You lose nothing. And if anything, you gain everything. I mean, you could meet someone who you never meet, nothing ever happens with, but every time he emails you, your stomach jumps. Mm. And isn't that a lovely thing to have yeah. in your day that wouldn't have been there otherwise? So I would say to her, one of the things I would say to her, because I agree with everything you said is, open it up, see what happens. Because clearly she's a phenomenal, she's a very good writer. Mm-hmm. So she could email the socks off of some guy yeah. and then that leads to this. And then this leads to that. And Bobby, Bobby, you and I are at our wedding. I hope so. Please invite us. But I agree with you. And I actually just spoke to a client today who said she's going to San Francisco for the weekend, already put her hinge settings on there. There are some apps, I guess Bumble, you can't, but hinge, you can put the settings to another city or to wherever you want. And so she put them there well ahead of time so she could get some dates set up for while she's there. So I would say, you know, I again, would encourage this woman to do the online dating thing, even if she thinks she can't do it, I bet she would have fun with it because she's such a phenomenal writer. And she seems to have so much intellect and character and charisma that I think she would have a great time. I would just encourage her to stay away from these kind of ideas she's decided about herself and who she attracts and who she doesn't. Because at this point, my guess is that she's proving her own story true. So Mm -hmm. even if she went on the app, she would still continue to be like, see, See, I can't get a normal guy. And again, the hot guy is like, it's like, yeah, if you create a story, you're going to prove it true over and over again. And you have to kind of decide, I'm going to change the story. I'm going to make the story different. So she should be looking in other places, opening herself up to other people. I, I don't know where she normally hangs out, but I'm, I wasn't joking when I said like, take a stand-up class, an improv class. Like there are plenty of middle-aged men at those kind of things. Like take a class of something that you've always been interested in, but never done, you know, like take their plenty of free meetups there. And, and the other thing I would say is, cause she mentioned one guy got her number and then never called her. 
This is why you should take charge of your own destiny and just go handing your number out willy-nilly. Now, maybe use a Google Voice number for safety reasons, but have your number written on a slip of paper in your pocket. And when you see your ideal dream middle-aged man, check for a wedding ring. And then as you're getting off the subway, hand him your number. I've done that. Subway's a great place to have some eye sex. And then when you get off, you just hand your number, walk out. It's great. Me and you have eye sex all the time. I say you're how that is. Uh, that's a, I'm what a great term. I mean, I, I, want, didn't I, create it. I want to add to her thing is you said uh, she should kind of expand on these ideas of um, who's attracted to her. I would add to that. Also, she should expand on who's she's attracted to because also that true. seemed very narrow. And while we all have these ideas of, of what we're attracted to just based on, on, on her, her email and, and the kind of woman she sounds like, I think at the end of the day, what she needs most from a man is heart. Mm. Like she really thinks it's an age thing. It's a look thing. It's an intellect. But I think if she met someone who maybe never stepped a, a day into college, who is a blue collar guy, with a heavy Brooklyn accent, but he had a ton of heart and treated her really, really beautifully. Mm-hmm. I, I really think she would fall head over heels. And I think that's a very tricky thing that you probably see a lot with clients and with people that you work with with these podcasts where unfortunately they create a very, very narrow playing field for people that they're willing willing to be attracted to. Yeah. For sure. And I think what you're saying is so correct, especially what she said about the socioeconomic stuff. Yeah, very. It's like, you don't know. You don't know. And two people don't have to be exactly the same. You know, they don't have to be um, bringing the exact same thing to the table. So if she's like super intellectual and charismatic and thoughtful and overthinks almost to a point she would do well with someone a little more straightforward who's not going to let her overthink you know who's going to calm her down and say let's just watch a stupid movie together and you can get out of your brain for a little bit you know everyone needs to bring something different and also um you know I actually I have a, a client right now who's a bit of a workaholic and he is saying you know very hard to manage working with relationship da, 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 and he needs someone who's this and someone who's that and I had to say to him and I'll say to this woman you don't come to a relationship two people don't come to a relationship already perfect for each other they don't come to a relationship already perfect to be in a relationship they learn and they grow together and that's part of the beauty of a relationship is that you make each other better and you make each other better at relationships so let's say socioeconomic is important to her she meets a blue collar guy who's maybe not quite as whatever she wants him to be you not that you would want to change someone but we inspire each other to change and be better and maybe what he needs is a beautiful intellectual thoughtful challenging woman to inspire him to say, oh my gosh, I really want to be able to, you know, take her on a trip or buy a house for us together, whatever. I'm going to push myself now. That's like a very stereotypical way to say all of this. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think the idea that they already have to be perfect when you find them is wrong. I think two people grow to be perfect for each other by growing together. Yeah. And I think, and I think as, as long as she has that Australian accent, she's fine. Oh yeah. You're so right. I didn't even think about that. I think she needs to step out of her comfort zone. I think it sounds like she's like she's like Emily Dickinson sitting in like a window seat writing about the world below without actually diving in. And it does sound like she's she's dove in 
dove. She's dived. She she's dove. She <laughs> she she's done that um, a few times with these younger hot men. I also think like, what the hell is wrong with dating some younger hot men? Like, I get that you want a long term relationship, but there are plenty of relationships between people who are many, many years apart and they are happy and they love each other and they make it work. And it's not just older men and younger women. I myself am engaged to someone four years younger than me. Before that, dated two people long-term who were seven years younger than me. Like some people just attract younger people and that's okay. And that's who you are. And that doesn't mean you can't have a future with them. Clearly. Clearly. I mean, everyone, there's someone, everyone can find each other and there's no right way to do it. So if something is working for you, there's no reason to find something wrong with it. But if something isn't working, go out, give your phone number out on the subway, take a stand-up class and set your settings to Vancouver, Canada. Yeah. 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 Vancouver's beautiful. Let's do another email. These emails get a little long. I should really look at them beforehand and... <clears throat> The subject of this email is live from her quarter life crisis. Meet me. I like that. Hi, Dahlia. I decided to address this email using a humorous subject line because humor is the best way to mask pain. Am I right? Ha. We actually were chatting over Instagram and you asked me to email you. This probably happens to you a lot. Here we go. I'm 25 going on 26 in one short month. I reached out to you with a listener question about when you should know how to call it quits with your ex. I think this is something a lot of people struggle with, and I'd love your insight. Some context on my particular relationship with my ex. We were together a year and a half and moved in together after about seven months. He was my first love and is nine years older than me. At the time, I broke up with him because I felt like he couldn't give me everything I wanted in a relationship. Looking back, albeit with some rose-colored glasses, I suppose, I didn't know how to honestly communicate communicate my needs in the relationship as it was my first. And that's why I want to give it another go. We do live in different cities now, which complicates well everything. So basically her question is, how do you know if you should try and get back together with an ex? They were young. Let's see. When was this? She's 25 going on 26. They were together for a year and a half, moved in after seven months. He's nine years older. She doesn't say when they broke up. So I don't know how much time has passed. My general feeling on breaking up and getting back together is that you will always break up for the same reason that you broke up the first time, unless enough time has passed that really, really, really change has had the chance to happen. Like you didn't, you did live in different cities, you had other relationships, you went off to school, like real change has happened in your life. Not just like we broke up for six months and we missed each other. So we're going to try again. You're going to just have the same pattern over and over, especially because it's really hard to break out of a pattern of fighting with a person once you're in it. Mm -hmm. So I would say, I mean, she didn't say how long it's been. She's obviously still thinking of him. They live in different cities, but she's still so young and he's nine years older. What do you think? Yeah, I, I I welcome people to disagree with me, but I have a lot of, I told you I'm very judgmental. I have a lot of um, anger and hostility and judgment and opinions towards people. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. That's not true. Towards people. Oh, there was more who, to that sentence. <laughs> who, who start who have these long relationships in their twenties, especially they're early in their mid twenties and they never let go of those things. I think you do so much growth in your twenties and that isn't to say you shouldn't be in relationships or, or what have you, but I think you do so much growth and that's the point of it. And that 
it's it can be very 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 tricky for you to come out of it on the other side having felt fulfilled and satisfied and had a real sense of you did everything i and i think what you bring up is is really is really very accurate i think yeah get back to get get back together but live some life before you do right because right now i'm guessing they've been broken up at least a year if not longer and or thereabout she, so she's really young and i i mean what, what and, and i'm not and i'm not i'm i'm not saying that her age makes her someone who doesn't have enough life experience but her age makes her someone who doesn't have enough life experience and and perhaps in the world of romance this guy is all she knows right for the most part and to to stunt that at 25 going on 26 because the whole i'm sure her whole point is to live forever for you know live happily ever after with him i don't know i i I think there's a big world out there i just think she'll have so much regret not taking her kind of freedom now there's always if two people are really supposed to be together they'll find each other again they'll find their way back to each other I know people this has happened to who broke up for real without ever planning to get back together and eventually found their way back to each other in a very natural progression once they became more of adults but they're all so happy that they really took that time to go explore and experience more of life and I think she said he was her first Love? Did she say that? I think she said that. I think she said that. Yeah, he was my first love and is nine years older than me. My guess is, too, if he's nine years older than her, he's probably, like, getting to the ready to get married and settle down place. And that would just be a shame to kind of rush her on that. It's like if he can't wait on that, if he's putting some kind of pressure on, then he's also not the right person for you. He should want you to go experience life and have more loves than just him. I also, I remember being in my 20s and even probably into my early 30s thinking, you know, when I was deciding whether to break up with someone or whatever, every time you feel like you'll never love again. You think, I can't imagine feeling this close to someone again. I can't imagine going through this again. I can't imagine knowing what I know about a person again, you know? You will just always think that. But then I think the more you do it and the more you experience it, the more you're like, oh no, that wasn't right and someone else will be and I will love again. You will always love again. No one ever said and then I never loved again unless they were in a movie. Unless they were in a movie. In a movie. And movies are freaking toxic for the romance life of real people. I hate romance movies. I hate romance movies. They're the worst. I don't hate, I don't hate them because of what they are. I'm just, I have no interest in them. Oh. I would also, I would also ask her something she should ask herself. Mm. Is she fulfilled in her life? Because this want to get back together with him may be more about something else than him specifically. You know, is she is she going through a career change or does she want a career change? Is she not sure if she wants to move out of state? Is she not sure if she wants to go back to school? You know, if 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 she's kind of in this and she might not be, but if she's kind of in this period of her life where she's in flux and she's kind of low on a bunch of poles, I challenge her with, you know, maybe this really isn't about him. Right. Especially because she said now he lives in a different city. And to me, that's that's also a little bit of a warning sign of like, is she trying to get a reason to move? 
Is she looking for something outside of herself? Like we talked a little on last week's episode about how when you're in a long distance relationship, it's really easy to not be present where you are Mm -hmm. and to just be totally present with this other person who's not there. So yeah, same thing. Like if she's 25, 26, my guess is she's not exactly where she wants to be career wise yet because very few people are at that age. And maybe turn some of that attention on there and say, you know what? I'm going to have some adventures. I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to work on my friends. I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. I'm going to become a stronger person. Because also like having a better relationship when you get back together isn't just about you reflecting and saying, oh, I know what I did wrong. Okay, now now I would do it differently. It's, it's really about going and getting stronger and learning on your own that you don't need this person, but that you can choose that you want to be with them later on, not because you miss them, because you're going to miss anyone you break up with, but because you really want something in your life that you can only get from them. Right, right. I think I, I would agree with that. And and one more thing I would say about her situation, just to give her a little bit of playful uh, suggestions, mm. is get out of town. Mm. Preferably with yourself, but I realize not everyone feels comfortable doing that. But go on a little trip, mm. get it, and, and and go go a decent a decent ways away where your surroundings look nothing like what you're used to. Go somewhere where you've never been before. The further, the better, and it just kind of makes at least it, it served this purpose multiple times for me. It makes me realize I, I'm very present in the place I am. So a lot of all of my recurring obsessive thinking back mm. home kind of takes the back burner. And I'm, I'm engulfed in this amazing trip with these new surroundings. And it also, on some level, makes me realize the world's a big place. There's a lot out there. There's a lot of people out there. And I'm really, 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 really small. Mm. And I get comfort in that. I get comfort in knowing that. And then you come back. And for me, I always felt very, um, very centered and much more grounded and much more at peace. So if she can do that, I don't know, I don't know where she lives, but if she can do that, be it with a girlfriend or a family member or any friend or by herself, um, especially by herself, if she can swing it, it's, I, I always found it to be extremely cathartic. I think that's such a great point too, because especially if she's in the place where, their relationship was or where they broke up or whatever she associates. It's true. You get stuck in these thought patterns wherever you are. So I'd say that's great advice for anyone who finds themselves kind of telling the same story in the same thought pattern, thinking about the same person, obsessing about the same relationship, get out of town. Or if you can't get all the way out of town, go to a different part of town for the day, like do something completely out of your own habits and out of your own head and just go experience something else and be aware of how much bigger the world is and how many more people are in it than just you and whoever it is you've been obsessing about. I think that's great. And then my other advice would be, you know, make out with and sleep with a bunch of people because I'm a big fan of that. Be safe, be careful, and don't be surprised if the first time you sleep with someone new, it doesn't, you you might cry. That always used to happen to me. And I'd be like, I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to enjoy sex again. And you will, you will. It'll just feel weird the first time. But I think it's also important to, you know, go make out, go have fun, go know that there are other people in the world. Even if you don't feel right away like you're going to fall in love with them, you will again. And if you really, really are still thinking of this person and there's no one like him and you can't get him out of your head, then give it another shot. But just be honest with yourself about why you're doing it and about whether it's really working when you do it again. Mm hmm. 
Here, here. Here, here. That was great. Are you ready for the last question? I am. This is a big one. Here we go. Hi. This question is actually about a relationship with a very close friend. I would like to take things to the next level. A little bit about her. She is tall, with wild and crazy curly blonde hair and a raspy Jewish voice like you wouldn't believe. She gives the best hugs and really sees me and gets me. She She challenges me, but she does it in a way that lets me know how much she loves and cares for me and wants only the best for me. And actually, she's married. This past year, she had a baby and she is just the most incredible mother and wife. I am in awe of her. So... I would like to ask her to be my maid of honor. Oh my god! 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 I'm not done with the letter. Okay. (laughs) I know it's supposed to be matron, but she doesn't seem old or boring enough for that. I know her life is crazy right now. And I know it will continue to be as her beautiful daughter keeps growing and becoming more and more like her. I don't want her to feel pressured, but really the only thing that matters is that she knows that this is how important she is to me and that she makes a speech at my wedding because she is beyond entertaining and she's one of the only people I will let make fun of me. But hopefully she'll only do that a little mixed with a lot of compliments. So how should I ask her? And do you think she will say yes? Oh, yes. Her name is Rachel Axelrod. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I had to get through the whole thing. Oh my God. I cried. Oh my God, Dahlia. I I really hope all of your listeners are crying <laughs> at the cause because they can't Oh my God. You know of, of Dahlia, I I I, I, I I feel like I don't deserve this. You deserve this. I but love I, <laughs> I, I, I've never ever been because of. Of course, of course, I would be beyond honored and flattered. I, are you sure? Do you want to think about it some more? <laughs> oh my god! I love you. Oh my god! I love you. Oh my. You know what's funny? because of lots of things but because of circumstances or maybe just i'm uh, you know whatever believe it or not i am i've never been in a wedding really ever Ever? i've never been a bridesmaid i've never been anything i'm like you know maybe and i don't carry and i truly mean this i did not carry the way and i'm like but maybe Maybe I'll be in Dahlia's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the one where I can I can be in one wedding in my life. Yeah. Oh my god! And you wrote that beautiful letter. Well, I wasn't sure how I should do it, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then we were gonna talk tonight, and I was like, this is good. I'll do this. Oh my god! But I didn't know how long it would take you to figure it out, but it didn't take you very long. Well, when you said the well, it took me. I, I, I did not see the the question coming. I'm like, what silly thing is she doing? But she's clearly talking about me. <laughs> clearly, I just um, want everyone at my wedding to see you in all of your glory. Naya, <laughs> are you sure? I'm so sure. My only thing was, I was like, I know what a crazy time and how busy you are. So I no, just no, want no. you to know that. I want you to make the speech and I want you to have the title and I want you to do whatever else you want to do, but you don't also have to do anything else. I will be. You're my golden goddess. (laughs) 
Oh, I really have to get that Peloton bike now. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are we are we telling people when this wedding is? It's it's in September. Okay. Okay. That I'll give you all the deets when the we Peloton. have them. Don't you dare change a darn thing about yourself. Oh my! I cannot tell you how how much this means to me. I really, really can't. I am so flattered. I'm so filled with love and happiness and excitement. And I just, to know, I mean, I, we, you and I are very, I, I really hope your listeners are enjoying this. Um, <laughs> you and I are very, very expressive and open with how much we adore each other. But, I, and, and I know, I know how much you love me and, and you, you know, you, you were the, I, I often think about, including tonight before I got on this meeting, how you were there for me, all the times I was in the hospital with problems with my pregnant, like you just were always, always there. So I knew you loved me, but I didn't know you loved me. Like, <laughs> I didn't know you made of honor level loved me. I made of honor level love you, 100%. Oh Thank my so God. Much. Like that's made of honor love. <laughs> Holy cow. I love you. We're, and you're probably like, Matt, this is this is how I'm gonna ask her. And he's probably like, okay, why He liked it. He thought it was good. I I made two versions of the letter and I made him read both of them. I can't I I just I you know, to- I just think in all of my time giving advice to other people, you're the person that I go to for advice. And I just can't think of anyone who knows me better and represents all the parts of my life that are important to me. Oh, and my God. Just, I just want to I hug am, you. I am so, I am so excited. I'm so excited. I will do everything I can to make this whole experience leading up to it and the day of just absolute magic. Well, magic. It already is because you're a part of it. And you're my oh, magic gosh. fairy queen. Oh, my God. This That's was better than when I was told I got a part in the pilot. <laughs> I literally fell to the floor. You're the star. You're the star. Zaya, <laughs> I love you. I love you. But let's let's answer that letter's question. So how should she tell her? How should she uh, ask? How should, ask how should I ask? Well, because there's all these now there's all this there is all this stuff on Instagram about how you're supposed to ask. And I was feeling a little pressured by it. I was like, I'm supposed to get a parade and a balloon. Parade, a balloon. I mean, people buy these like boxes. I'm also seeing you Sunday. So I was going to do something Sunday. But then I thought this was more appropriate. I wanted to surprise you. Oh, you surprised me. I surprised you. Oh, my God. And what a beautiful letter. Awesome. Oh my God! I thought I don't throw away the letter. I want the letter. I won't. I'll print it for you. I just okay. All right. Listen. Listen. Whatever. It's done. Nothing to see here. This is forever now. Yeah. You're, the other letter talked about you being the closest thing to a sister that I have, but you know it got a little lengthy. I couldn't <laughs> couldn't do everything. No, I like I like the uh, yeah I like the big Jewish the hat. Yeah, yeah I like yeah, that. She's got it. Yeah, Listen, got it's it. the important things. Well, then, and then, and then, I I hope your listeners are still listening. And then (laughs) you said, I wanted to ask him, like, oh, she's going to, oh, my God, it's happening. She's going to ask me to be a bridesmaid. But then I I fell on the floor. 
Matron. I'm not calling you the matron, just so you know. Well, that's... I I feel so that you're not a matron. Look at your hair. I know. You're wild. You call me whatever you want. I'm wild. I'm your wild of honor. That's right. Should we let these poor people go and so we can continue our love fest on our own? I think I, I think they would appreciate that. This was the best. I love you so much. Everyone else who has a question, not your therapist podcast at gmail.com, not your therapist podcast on Instagram. Thank you, Josiah Thorngate, for editing what is surely going to be one of your funnest editing jobs yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Christy Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen. Rachel Axelrod for joining me, letting me look at her face and being my future maid of honor. Oh my God. And all of you for listening and making dating fun. Yeah.